I'm R.J. Bell with the sports betting headlines for Wednesday. Justin Fields named the starter. No movement in the Vegas markets. It was assumed Fields would be starting. The question is, what about going forward? How will Vegas react? Stephen Gilmore out at the Patriots, signed by Carolina in a trade. Here's the question. Isn't this exactly like Belichick typically does? Yes, but is it now like Carolina does with a billion-dollar owner? They have injuries, and now they get a replacement. We'll talk about it. Yankees lose to the Red Sox. Red Sox still not even near a favorite to win it all. You know who is? The Dodgers, even though they have a one-game elimination tonight. Here comes a four-hour of the Vegas Truth covering all that and more. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. Radio. This is Straight Out of Vegas with the voice of Vegas, your host, R.J. Bell. The pregame show America has always wanted. I the future. From the Vegas Strip, here's R.J. Bell. You heard it, I'm R.J. Live in Las Vegas, live on a Wednesday, live on 225 FSR stations across this great, great nation. Got a little baseball to talk about, but we're an NFL show. And that's going to be our focus. Sports bettors listen for the money. Sports fans listen to no more than their buddies. Okay. There's a lot of fans out there. And who's the man? The man is the bookie. You going to beat the man? You hear that all the time. Well, here is the fan who beats the man, A.J. Hoffman. Thanks, R.J. Great to be here on a day where the Yankees get sent home by the Red Sox. The Dodgers in danger of that tonight. The Bears make a commitment to Justin Fields. What is the Vegas lead? So, the Dodgers and the Red Sox tonight. No, the Dodgers could get sent home tonight, I'm saying. But not by the Red Sox. Not by the Red Sox, but they're in the (laughs) same position as the Yankees. That would be fascinating, but still the favor. But we're going to start with the Justin Fields decision as a starter. It feels like Nagy waffling. What does it mean? Yeah, Matt Nagy said time and again he was committed to Andy Dalton, but now announces Justin Fields will be the QB1 going forward. Well, he, listen, he looked at the tape again. I mean, he, he, was, he dozed off a few times during the game. He wasn't calling plays. <laughs> and he looked at it and said, you know, they, they actually played on you. I don't know. Uh, you want to defend. Whenever the, what's it called? Not, the intelligentsia is like the people in colleges and the people that are credentialed. Uh, maybe it's the twi- Twitter all day or something. There's there, <laughs> the Twitterverse is one expression. No, no, thank you. That's not near as good. <laughs> is we're trying to imply not the zeitgeist of Twitter, but rather those who are in the upper, in the clouds, right. in the ivory towers of Twitter, like RJ in Vegas. No, see that, that it's funny. You might think that. And someone ignorant would think oh, that. Oh. But, but in truth, I'm one to be very judicious with my judgments, especially on Twitter. 
here, you know, it's kind of like every, you know, there's new stories you have takes, and I, oftentimes I'll dig into something nuanced that I have a strong feeling about instead of trying to have the big thing always be yay, nay. You know, it's one or the other. Nah, that's not my style. But here I'll, you throw out willy nilly that your co-host is ignorant, but on Twitter you're very judicious yeah. about that. Well, but here, <laughs> but, but not willy nilly because you were being ignorant in response to what you said. I mean, you showed the country you were being ignorant, and I pointed it out, and you're blaming me. That's the funny part of it. But okay. Okay. Is incorrect. Maybe not ignorant. Uninformed. Same thing. It's fine. Uninformed is a nice way of saying ignorant. I appreciate that. I I apologize. You are uninformed about me on Twitter and my hot takes. Or, you know, cold cash over hot takes. Now, back to the story. To me, whenever the Twitterverse says, <laughs> says, oh, bad, 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 dumb, bad. I'm usually like, really? He's dumb? He's not dumb. He might be uninformed, but he's not dumb. But boy, maybe Nagy deserves it. There's enough of a body of work that Matt maybe, Nagy, man, maybe, maybe we know. I was a skeptic of him to start with. Uh, when you don't call plays, and he never did under Andy Reid, what are you doing? Right? I mean, obviously, you're doing something, but you're not doing something major. And I'm of two minds in the following way. Couldn't you make the case, and this is going to be a strong take, that Nagy got more out of Trubisky than you would expect by a large margin? If you would say, here's Trubisky, who's now a backup quarterback, and lucky to be a backup quarterback, you can make the case. Trubisky went to the playoffs with him twice. Am I mistaken on that, or am I You're correct? Not. So that feels fairly impressive to me. I know they just snuck in both times, and we're kind of making it a binary, you know, in or out. But almost like, oh, I don't know, O'Brien for Houston. A lot of criticism from the uninformed, but performance when it comes to making the playoffs. Do you see the analogy? I do see it. And I think that Trubisky, most people thought that the the Bears were making the playoffs in spite of Mitch Trubisky's performance. And they, But how, many, how often does a team make the playoffs with a bad quarterback? It's pretty rare. And it's happened twice in three years. And then you could make the case, when's he ever had a good quarterback? And who wins in the NFL without a good quarterback? Maybe, no one wins big, really. Yeah, maybe we maybe we could say Jared Goff ultimately wasn't good, but the thing there was there was a scheme advantage the Rams had that Goff was able to execute on. When that scheme advantage disappeared after the Super Bowl, after the Bears game earlier that year, schematically it disappeared. Now Goff had to be the performer that pushed him over the top. He couldn't do it. Right now, we're seeing Goff as, you know, on a bad team. And as a quarterback, he's not great, but he's not horrible. I mean, I'm looking at one ranking right here. Got him about 22-23 that use EPA as a a key metric. I mean, Goff's probably 22-23, right? Yeah, that's what Steve has. I've got Steve's rankings right here in front of me. He's got him at 23. Okay. So, the, the question becomes, where would Trubisky be on that list? At the very bottom, maybe uh, amongst the other than the rookies, the very bottom. You could deb- right now. I'd rather have Trubisky than Wilson for a game. 
So he's got Fez has Trubisky as a negative one point five. All right, so one and a half below average, which would put him even with Jalen Hurts and Jacoby Brissett ahead of five quarterbacks currently playing. I and I'm not so sure that's wrong. That might be a little optimistic. The, those five: Big Ben, Trevor Lawrence, Zach Wilson, Justin Fields, Davis Mills. So pretty much the rookies. The rookies and Big Ben. The rookies and the the very young. Or the very old. Very, very old. With a bad hip. <laughs> yes. I think if they had PR, the Steelers, they'd think, Ben's old. He's hurt. Maybe we should say upper leg. Ben and hip? <laughs> I'm not sure that works. But that's a different conversation. I'm RJ Bell. We are straight out of Vegas. I'm in the informed party. AJ Hoffman on the other side of the table. Now, do you? so let's think about this. Trubisky, two playoff appearances... Naggy bad? Hmm. Uh, Fields? Naggy bad? I don't know. Andy Dalton at age, I don't know, almost 40, it seems like. Is that bad? Like, who wins without a good quarterback? Who's made the playoffs with a quarterback worse than Trubisky? In the last five years. I don't think anybody. But Doesn't that, that mean that's a great coach? Even Belichick doesn't win without a good quarterback. You do have to give him some credit because really what he's had since he's been there is Mitch Trubisky, Andy Dalton, and now Justin Fields. And none of those guys are currently frontline or even really midline NFL starters. So you're saying they're not Andy Dalton's not front line. That's I don't know that he ever was, but he's certainly not when by the time Matt Nagy got him. To be said even. I well, yeah. I mean the question is is he the way is he a starter? Is he average? And average as a starter? No, I'm saying is he yeah, is he an average starter in Who, the league? Andy Dalton? Well, that that was a hypothetical question. Fezzik has what? him as negative one and a half, so right there where Jacoby Brissett, Jalen Hurts and and Mitch yeah. Trubisky are. So a hypothetical question is what exactly? It's one that I didn't expect you to answer. Everyone, that everyone knows the answer to? Yes. That seems like a question that doesn't need to be asked. All right. <laughs> the question is, should Andy Dalton have a uniform at this point? <laughs> yes. Andy Dalton's a better player right now than Justin Fields. Yeah. But Justin Fields, if Justin Fields were tapped out, right, if this was his uh, height right now, I'm not sure he'd have a uniform. It's potential with Fields. Sure. What can he become? Wilson is worse than Andy Dalton right now for the Jets, but it's what he could become. Andy Dalton's done become, and he's on the way down the mountain right now. Personally, I think Andy Dalton's a good backup. That's what he was. He signed to last year as a backup in Dallas. So how do you go from a backup? You end up playing because of injury, and you underperform. Andy Dalton underperformed expectation last year. Then he gets signed as a starter. I, I have no I idea how that Maggie. Yeah, well, they did. They, apparently, they guaranteed him that he would be the starter, and that's why Matt Nagy well, what's kept that guarantee worth. Apparently, nothing now. But Matt Nagy kept saying, "Nope, he's our guy. He's our guy," and then not which, our guy. Which I think probably is the crux of the problem. And ideally, Nagy would be a coach before television and radio, even where you wouldn't hear him say anything, because I think that's when he gets into trouble, right? Like when you watch the games, it's it's. I'm not. Listen, they could say, "Oh, uh, they should roll out Fields more, get him outside the pocket." Do you really think he doesn't understand that? Like that's tech. That's tech mobile stuff. Roll out Randall Cunningham when the pressure comes. I mean, we all get that. There's a reason they're not doing it. 
I think the problem becomes, and Bill O'Brien, you mentioned earlier, he had this same problem until he found the right guy in, in Deshaun Watson. But Matt Nagy and Bill O'Brien came in with the same reputation as quarterback whispers. These are the guys who will get the most out of a quarterback. But O'Brien was, I mean, I can't remember. He was calling plays at key places, right? He, well, at Penn State. I okay. mean, that's where he was the head coach. And he, he had a big-time recruit there at Penn State. I can't remember that kid's name. Trace McSorley. Okay. Or so, I don't even know who it was, but it was somebody like that. And there was like, oh, this guy, he, he knows how to work a quarterback. That guy had one good season. Well, and then, wouldn't you say Deshaun Watson has overperformed? I mean, I'm talking about on the field now. Uh, I would. Oh, he was the tenth pick in the draft, right? He was. Tenth picks are not supposed to be one of the top five quarterbacks. Oh, agreed. Just it, by math. But it went. It, Bill O'Brien burned through five or six quarterbacks before he landed because, on Deshaun Watson. They had guys like they had the. I mean, after Schaub, right? He still he got mm-hmm. caught the end of Schaub, right? Who was the best amongst them? Ryan Mallett. <laughs> So, if anything, you can make the case O'Brien making the playoffs with uh, what at least two years before or two times before Watson, right? Yep, Tom Savage and. Uh, so now we have a contest: who the best coach in the league is behind Belichick, Andy Reid, second. <laughs> It's either O'Brien, who is not active right now. Oh, sure, he's active. He's, I mean, he's coaching a, a great team right now. Yeah, well, not active in the <laughs> NFL at the professional level. Who made the playoffs twice with Savage and someone like Savage, whoever it may be, doesn't really matter. We'll say bad quarterback X, and then bad quarterback Y, aka. <laughs> 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 Bill O'Brien did famously say that Tom Savage gives us a better chance to win football games than Deshaun Watson. Well, listen, if you take everything a coach says when they're trying to protect a rookie quarterback at face value, that's uninformed. But Matt Nagy, I think, was trying to do sort of the same I thing. I agree. Just, they, it felt, it the, felt very sloppy. The pressure just wouldn't let him do it. Yeah, I don't blame him. I don't blame him for relenting. I blame him for being so bad at making the case. I, to some degree, the, I think the coaches in these situations are stuck 20 years ago. Back in the day, think about it. Pre, you know, you could make the case Howard Stern was the big changer in this, but think of those that can remember 1990, let's say, all right, the middle of the H.W. Bush administration. Just think about it, all right? Okay. When the, uh, the Berlin Wall was coming down, that kind of time, there was hardly anyone that told the like the truth, the hard truth on TV. It was a lot of Dan Rather, nothing against Dan Rather or Peter Jennings. It was the suit, and it was the you know Walter Cronkite, Tom Brokaw, next generation, exactly. And then Howard Stern came along, Letterman to some degree, and then the internet. And what happened with the internet? Anyone had a microphone. Right about that time, AJ, you became a broadcaster. Nope, I was 10 years old. In 1995? In 19, I was 15 in 1995. Okay, so you were in your basement? Nope. Saying the comedy <laughs> find of the century? Uh, I was in my basement, but I wasn't doing anything on a microphone. <laughs> Touche. We were straight out of Vegas. And what happened in the mid-90s? People started telling the truth more. It was just more, hey, you're going to hear some truth here. Not all truth. We're still not hearing that. But some truth. Why, if a coach walked out and said, listen, we took this guy 11 for a reason. We think he got massive potential. Andy Dalton's had a great career. He, he, he wasn't picked there when he was. You know, he wasn't picked in the top 11. And you know what? He's getting a little older. We think Andy Dalton can be great. But you know what's going to dictate who quarterbacks? What's best for Justin Fields? What gives him the max potential to succeed? 
as long as we believe he has the chance to be a franchise quarterback. Like that, that tone, that conversation. I mean, I'm a professional broadcaster, but I think it's possible. It's a good presentation. Would, wouldn't that be people going, yeah, of course. Like, who's going to object to that? I think the one guy who was. Old man Dalton? Well, the one guy who was objecting was Matt Nagy. Well, but no, he was he was doing the way they all do it, which is lie to you. But do you really think Matt Nagy prefers to have Justin Fields out there right now? If he doesn't, he has to explain better. And this is something they've talked about on Get Up, I think, effectively. And this is a story they've talked about a lot, which is one of the things on that show. But it was like, if Nagy believes that Dalton's the better quarterback. And the reason I'm pausing is I'm thinking to myself, well, what's the question now? Is it winning games this year? Well, that's why I say Matt Nagy, who's a guy who everyone talks about being on the hot seat, he needs to win right now. He doesn't have time for something to develop. Except here's the thing. If you go eight and seven, or I guess it's nine and eight now with Andy Dalton, and you go six and 11 with Justin Fields, but Justin Fields is trending up, and it's obvious. Doesn't the coach have a better chance to keep his job in that case? It's not it, just pure wins. Because if it was just pure wins, he made the playoffs two of the last three years. He certainly has a better long-term chance. I just wonder if this year, if they're going to let but him. But it's, like it's not like the GM, again, he might be uninformed, but the GM, Day, it, it's not like he doesn't understand trend line. Yeah, I think everyone thinks everyone's too stupid. Well, remember, Anthony Lynn got fired. His quarterback was on the rise. It looked like he might be the next big but star. But in a way, they, they, they didn't tell me if you agree with this. That's A.J. Hoffman. We're straight out of Vegas. I'm R.J. Bell. They thought that Lynn was in the way. He, that the quarterback was developing in spite of Lynn. At least that was the narrative. And Lynn had a lot of late game issues. So it's like, are we going to let this guy muck up? This really good quarter. I think if anything, if Herbert wasn't doing as well, they probably would have kept Lynn because the Chargers had a tendency of inaction, inertia. Whatever path they're on, they tend to stay on as an organization. Would you agree with that? I do. I think it was Herbert kind of perking him up, saying, this guy could be good. You better get this bum coach out of there. And I'm not saying that's me, though, again, Lynn wasn't a great head coach. Doesn't that feel like what happened there? It does. So the question is, Nagy as a quarterback guy, if Fields is trending up, Nagy probably gets credit for that. I guess he would, but then you'd have to ask, well, why couldn't he do that with Mitch Trubisky? Who he, was did, he did. He over... Can you but really Mitch Trubisky say, was what, the second pick in the draft? That, now, that was the mistake of the front office. He, Nagy didn't decide who to pick. In fact, they got, he got picked before Nagy was even there, right? So my question is, did Nagy underperform or overperform with Trubisky? As a team. As a team, they overperformed. And I think you could say Trubisky overperformed. Because, remember, he was like third in QBR his second year. Yeah. So, this is a mystery. And the narrative's gotten too simple. Here's the part that's simple, though. Here's the part that's simple. Is Justin Fields right now, QBR, which is a very good single stat for quarterback ranking, is last in the NFL. 32 out of 32. In the PFF grade, he's 31 out of 35. More people qualified. Andy Dalton is about 21st in QBR if he qualified. We did the math and estimated estimate. And his PFF would be 15th out of 35. So Andy Dalton, 15th out of 35 PFF. So better than half, you know, in the top half right now. QBR, 21 out of 32. All right. So 
top two-thirds. Justin Fields last in QBR, four from last PFF. Clearly, the performance so far is night and day. The only way Fields is the quarterback is if you're playing for the future only. you got to wonder what the team thinks. Does the team think, I'm here now. I'm not worried about next year. That's why they're 2-2 two and two right now. They're one game out of the division lead. I think this is almost them conceding the uh, this year it feels like closing thought on this yeah I, I think if, if they are going with Justin Fields they're looking to the future and maybe they assured Matt Nagy hey you're good if as long as Justin Fields starts oh, to progress you're good they here need, they don't need to do that to get uh, the GM could uh, you could say that's crossing lines and all that but the GM or owner could say he's starting do you want to coach they could. I mean, not like so Matt Nagy I don't, has a I don't bunch think of, they're uh, making any like Hitler at Munich type uh, negotiations with them. Oh, you might, might be right. Look that up during the break. All right. <laughs> when we come back after a bonus long section, we're going to talk about the Patriots and Carolina. Gilmore traded. What does it mean to the Pats? What does it mean to Carolina? I think it really says something about Carolina's future. He's R.J. Bell. I'm A.J. Hoffman. This is the pregame show you've always wanted right here on Fox Sports Radio. Straight out of Vegas! Be sure to catch live editions of Straight Out of Vegas weekdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. I disagree with intervention. I disagree with I'm R.J. Bell. We are straight out of Vegas. And I'm A.J. Hoffman. In just a minute, we're going to look at Stephon Gilmore being traded from the Patriots to the Panthers and the impact it'll have on both those teams. And the three biggest games of the week is extended to four games. And we're doubling up and doing a double preview of Kansas City Bills. That means a lot of previews from here on. Maybe one of the reasons. Fastest growing show on Fox Sports Radio. Audiences doubled in the last year plus. That's because of you spreading the word, supporting the show. We'll continue to support you with our Herculean efforts to pick winners and make you laugh. And maybe a little jaunt through history at times. What do you think, AJ? That works for me. All right. You can listen to us on the iHeartRadio app. Just search straight out of Vegas, here in Vegas on the Strip. A nice, cool 83 degrees. The neon is chugging. So, RJ, let's take a look at Stefan Gilmore, who's traded after it looked like he was going to be outright released by the Patriots. Now he's traded to the Carolina Panthers for a 2023 sixth-round pick. Okay, so obviously not much. Why would a guy who has been elite be traded for so little? Well, he's old. He's getting old. And does he have anything left? Probably. I know the Pats wanted to keep him. But this was a rare case where Belichick paid. I mean, Gilmore has a jumbo contract. And is he worth that contract right now? I don't know. I really don't know. Mackenzie, can you get his uh, contract numbers up there? Yes, one sec. And here's the thing, and this is where people get it wrong. How good is Gilmore? Oh, he's certainly a good addition for Carolina because they're thin at cornerback. They lost their first-round pick, Horn. But here's the thing. He's not good at a jumbo price. So there could be someone significantly worse than Gilmore, and Gilmore could be worth less considering his salary. His salary in 2020, $14 million of cash. 
14 million. The best cornerback in the league, like before the most recent contracts, was like 15 million. This he was at the very top of the market. Now I think it's uh, what's Ramsey. I think he's around 18, right? So he's within. Let's we'll verify that he's in shouting distance with Ramsey. That doesn't make any sense. So Gilmore's not worth anything at that contract. If somehow he was cut and could get signed for the veteran vet men. He'd be very valuable because he's probably at least the second best cornerback on almost every team in the league. Maybe Denver, maybe a couple others not. PFF grade last year for Stefan Gilmore was a 61, which was the 47th best of all the guys yeah. who, had, who played at least 50% of the snaps. Yeah, but that, that's not what he was. I mean, it, what I'm saying is I'm not in a position to say, oh, PFF's wrong in this case or that. Belichick wouldn't have held out this long at that. Obviously, he was trying to find some resolution to this. That's why they had him out this long. Now, there's also speculation that they didn't want to cut him before the Tampa Bay game because maybe Tampa picks him up. Right? They've, they've got needs, and maybe they would have picked him over Richard Sherman. Or maybe they, they take both because yeah. they would have got both in theory at vet men's if they would have cut him. The fact they were able to get a pick for him did two things. One, they got a pick. Two, they could decide who he went to. He, they didn't want him. They, they like Kilmore. That's why they paid him all that money. I would also say in, in 2019, if you go back a year, his PFF grade was 82.8, which was the fifth best in the league. So, yes. so when you saw last year, maybe a down year, he was playing on sort of a bum, a bum ankle exactly. most of the year. You never know. Is it the injury? Or is it the age? But they also didn't want to extend him because Stefan Gilmore wanted an extension. They said no. So they had come into an impasse and it made sense for them to move on from him, I guess. I agree. I, I think that's a good recap. And what I would say is, and it's important to remember this, Belichick does not back down on these things. You know why? Because he's there's no subjectivity to him. He knows in his mind what a person, a player's worth. He's going to pay that or as little as possible, up to that, and no more. It doesn't matter if it's Tom Brady. And he's right sometimes. He's wrong sometimes. I think he's right as anyone, right? Even as a personnel guy. I don't think you win all these Super Bowls and not be a good personnel guy. You can say how bad some of his draft picks are. It's small sample size. Has Belichick, has things passed him by? I, I, don't, I don't think any of us could even tell if they did. Right? How would we know? He's so much better than the typical radio guy at football. It doesn't seem like the other coaches have lost respect for him. So I'm a Belichick guy as long as he seems to be working at the level he is. And this is modus operandi, the MO of the Patriots. They don't pay more than they're supposed to. And you know what? They don't break the rules ever. Butler, cornerback against the Eagles. Has that been discovered yet? No. They they take one of their they, the quarterback the cornerback that won them their last Super Bowl against Seattle got benched and didn't play a Couldn't down play. didn't play a down why he won't even tell anyone now I don't know about that why you know you think you'd want the team to know but to some degree he said I don't think I should tell the team and I'm not gonna tell the team and Gilmore at uh, fourteen million. And Ramsey at 17 and a half, which was Ramsey's number. I'll take Ramsey seven days a week and twice on Sunday. Sure. 
So not, but people question: Did Ramsey get overpaid? So and, obviously, Gilmore is. And I love what Carolina's doing as well because they're on the hook for this year's money, which is fine. But Carolina feels like they can win right now. They lost their top corner; they replaced him with C.J. Henderson. But what Matt Rule said: C.J. Henderson's for the future. Stephon Gilmore's for right now. They believe they can win right now, and because they gave up just a sixth-round pick. If they decide at the end of this year they don't want to keep him, okay, you lose a sixth round pick, big deal. If you do decide to keep him, then you, that's I agree. It was a, listen. There was a serious need, and the thing about these jumbo contracts, oftentimes, you know, the signing bonus and all that. Once it happens, that's why when the Jags got off their first round pick from last year, it was a real big decision because once you end up paying all that money in the signing bonus and stuff, the contracts are fairly decent. So that's why the Pats wanted to keep him. But you made a good point, is he wanted an extension. But he's not going to get one from Carolina this year. So it's a rental, it feels like, most likely. But boy, Carolina needs him now. And I think this makes the point, as I talked about in the headlines, which is Carolina has a billion-dollar owner, fairly new, and he's a man of action. And I question the Sam Darnold decision. I still do, especially not to trade initially, but signing him to his fifth – or I'm sorry, picking up his fifth-year option at a jumbo number even before the season felt like, to me, egregious. It felt like too much. But you know what? Temper, the owner, is a genius, literally, in the hedge fund world. This guy has a way of winning, of succeeding, that's hard to comprehend. And Carolina is not going to be static. They're not going to sit on their hands. A lot of teams, they get hurt, hurt at cornerback. They go, oh, maybe next year. Maybe next year. We're thin at cornerback. We might go 9-7, and seven, whatever, in prior years. Carolina, someone goes down. Well, we'll get someone else. We'll fix it. We'll fix it. I like that. I haven't liked all of Carolina's moves. I like that ac- action. I like that action, that activity. All right. Next, we're going to do a jumbo preview, Kansas City, Buffalo. Be sure to catch live editions of Straight Out of Vegas weekdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific. Fox Sports Radio, I'm A.J. Hoffman. He's the voice of Vegas, R.J. Bell. Adding a little Vegas perspective and, and analytics perspective to the news on Trevor Lawrence specifically in the news. Here's the worst quarterbacks in the NFL with an EPA model of judging them. Zach Wilson, the worst. Davis Mills, the second worst. Justin Fields, third back. Trevor Lawrence. So he's on pace being the fourth worst quarterback. I mean, that's listen, when you set the bar like that, probably aren't going to fail. On pace to be the second best rookie quarterback. <laughs> well, no, is that no no no, Mac Jones is ahead of him and uh is there no other rookies That's ahead? it. Well, Trey Lance, I guess we're about to find out. Ooh, we might do a whole segment on Kendrick's <laughs> stress level. We might do a whole podcast on that. How you feeling about that there? McKenzie. Excited, a natural fit for the NFL quarterback position. I'm excited. Excited to see like him. before, like a hanging. <laughs> hey, those are those are well attended events. You exactly. Know. And I, and let me tell you, the person, the star of that is excited. <laughs> We're straight out of Vegas. Some baseball tonight, and this is something I don't think I've ever seen. The favorite to win the World Series is the LA Dodgers. But the LA Dodgers weren't good enough. To not have to play a one-game elimination tonight. 
Yeah, and, and they've got you know they got to beat Adam Wainwright. Who listen, the Cardinals are plus two hundred five tonight, so the Dodgers All right, so still the Cardinals favored. are plus two hundred five. Well, who's the favorite? The Dodgers. What's the line? Minus two twenty five. All right. But listen, the Cardinals have been playing the best baseball. We talked about their streak just a couple. I guess it was about a week ago that they won. You know, they won every game for like two weeks in a row. So this team is no joke. It's and for the, for you to be the World Series favorite, you've got to go through that team in a one game elimination before you can even get to the playoffs. That's tough. Yeah. So I agree with you. And even at you know, let's just I'll do the math in my head right now is. Even at 200, you're looking at a 60. So you're looking at a 70% chance or so the Dodgers win. There's a 30% chance the World Series favorite is going to get eliminated in one loss tonight. All right, let's take our final break. When we come back, we'll run down the World Series odds real quick. And number two, we're going to go over the biggest games of the week, including Kansas City Buffalo and a couple of college games. That's coming up next. He's RJ Bell. I'm AJ Hoffman. This is the pregame show you've always wanted right here on Fox Sports Radio. Right out of Vegas! Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. I'm RJ Bell. We are straight out of Vegas. And I'm AJ Hoffman. All right, we are doing a jumbo segment preview. It's going to be preview, then preview, then another preview, including Kansas City and the Bills, the AFC Championship game rematch in Kansas City. First, though, in the colleges, A.J. Hoffman specialty. We got Texas, a three-and-a-half-point underdog. Now, this game's at the Cotton Bowl versus Oklahoma. Yeah, it's going to be a good strength-for-strength matchup. Oklahoma's been really good at stopping the run. Texas been maybe the best running team in the country, certainly the best running back in the country in Bajan Robinson. 6.2 yards per carry for 216 yards and two touchdowns last week. And listen, the Texas offense has changed. They went from a team that averaged 5.9 yards per carry early in the season when they made the switch at quarterback to Casey Thompson. Now they're averaging 7.2 yards per carry. So let me think about this. 7.2, then the second place, 7.2. You got a first down at that point, I yeah, think. two runs, first down. Huh. Yeah, How'd just, they lose to Arkansas? Uh, well, that was with the old quarterback. Things have changed. Oklahoma's been flirting with losses all year long. They're 0-4 against the spread. They almost lost outright to Tulane. Th- this game is always close. Uh, Texas... In, a rivalry. In, it's a rivalry game. Yeah, they always play them close, and I expect this one to be very close as well. If you can get three and a half, I like, I like Texas in this game. That is the line, three and a half. The second last college game, Iowa favored by two, hosting Penn State. I've already stuck my flag in the ground that I just don't believe in this Iowa team. I don't believe in their offense. I think in 2021, you've got to have some sort of explosive offense. Iowa just doesn't have it. They made me look silly last week because Maryland turned the ball over seven times. I I don't expect Penn State to do that. They're top five in the country in turnover margin, so they protect the ball. And I just trust Clifford more than Petrus to make big plays. And I think Penn State... So Clifford and Petrus, you think a lot of... Sorry. I I trust the Penn State quarterback more than I trust the Iowa (laughs) quarterback in this game. You know, there's casual college Fan. I'm a casual college right. fan. Right. But I think Penn State makes it difficult to run the ball. Uh, I think it's a low scoring game. Uh, in 41 and a half, a low number, but I don't see it getting over that. So I like Penn State just because I like their offense more. Penn State plus two at Iowa. All right. That's AJ Hoffman. Now, listen, this guy's been delivering cash. That's 
Cash just said with an act, like kind of a weird way, K-ish, and <laughs> that was a different weird way. It's a it's a it's a it's a, it's a workshop. Okay, a live right. on national radio is he's got a four and streak on Thursday props. Last week's prop was crazy, I thought, and it's still one. If I don't like it, it still wins. That means he's on something, on a good streak. And tomorrow you'll go for five in a row. On Friday last week you had an easy winner on your college best bet. We'll have another one of those Friday. AJ Hoppin, real quick. Dodgers St. Louis. Dodgers now minus two thirty. St. Louis, yeah, plus two ten probably on the take back. Maybe two hundred. Matters what kind of straddle your shop has, as they say. And we know the bookies are. Eh, they're not very generous. Cockroaches. Cockroaches, yeah. The Cardinals on September 10th were 180 to 1 to win the World Series. 180 to 1. Now they're 20 to 1. That's called a hot streak. That is. Let's get into the NFL, the big games in the NFL. The Chargers, one and a half point favorites hosting the Cleveland Browns. Okay, this is fascinating. The Browns run the ball big and physical as well as anyone in the NFL, probably better than anyone in the NFL. Okay. What does this, uh, the Rams defense last year, what's the Chargers defense this year with Staley as the head coach DC last year? What are they known for? Light in the box. Light in the box. Now we're talking about football, and what it means is they're saying if you run, you're doing something we want you to do. We want to try to stop you. We don't want you to get yards, but we'd much rather you run and get tempted by the easy yards, and then we're going to surprise you. We're going to only give you like 4.2 yards instead of five, and you're going to be less efficient than if you pass the ball, and we're going to keep uh, uh, two high safeties. They play quarter sometimes. Again, I, I know this an inch deep, so I don't want to act like I'm an X's and O's expert, but it really is, as AJ said, about tempting you to run. Buffalo does the same thing. Yeah, this year though, you got to you know Buffalo. Last year, I think for sure. This year, I'm not saying they're not doing the same thing. But the, de- the right now, Buffalo might have the best defense in the league. That's the question. We'll talk about that game next. Is I think the Browns are particularly suited to punish the Chargers for this approach. They might be the only team that could punish them this way. So I don't love the Browns here. But I love the running backs, both of them for the Browns, over the rush total. I think they're going to run the ball often, so it's going to be both usage and it's going to be efficiency. And that's the two things to think about in stats. So with Chubb, I'd go over for sure. That's, you know, in fact, let's make that an impromptu best bet. Over Chubb, McKenzie, check to see if there's a number on that yet. If not, it's whatever the market opens at. It's going to be reasonable because it's going over. What's your quick thought on that game? I, I like what well, you're saying. Yeah. I like the Chargers, though. I, I do think that the Browns oh, are going to have so some... we're saying how the, char- the Browns are going to dominate on offense, but nope. I like the Chargers. The Browns are going to have a lot of success running the ball. The, sneaky, the, the secret about the Browns is Baker Mayfield has kind of stunk this year. Yeah, but listen, I hear you, but last, when you stink and still win... And I would, this year, that's interesting. Make, make the case quickly that he stunk this year. I think that he has... Well, when you say, I think, that doesn't tell me anything. What's a stat that says he stinks? <laughs> well, I didn't have my stats up in front okay, of me. Okay, so you are against Baker Mayfield. Here's what I'm seeing. Looking at the list of like 35 quarterbacks, he's about 20, 22. I mean, so not great. And he got a big down... In fact, he had the biggest downgrade of the week last week. He was awful against the Vikings. You know, the funny, the two biggest downgrades were... Well, Davis Mills had the biggest. 
the two biggest after that was Mayfield and Cousins playing each other. So he had a bad game. But on the season, he's disappointed a smidge. But... I, you know, I'm not sure he's the problem. But go ahead, make your last case. No, I, I think that the Chargers have some success on their on their offense as well. I think Anthony, that they're maybe you like the over though. The clock running with the rush, you got to worry that's about. That's what scares me. Going over Chubb, 83 yards, best bet. All right, so we're down to like a minute. We got too excited about the other stuff, so I'll talk, I'll talk about Casey a minute. But here's what I'm going to promise you: tomorrow at six, the second segment of the show, we will do a jumbo full segment. Kansas City Buffalo early preview. So I'll be six Eastern. Tune in. You'll get the headlines. You'll get the amazing first segment, the Vegas lead, then a jumbo preview. And I'll let AJ talk maybe some. We'll see. All right. What's your number one thought in this game, though, Kansas City Buffalo? My biggest thought is the difference in the game from last year's playoff game to this year is going to be the who can get the pressure. And last year, Kansas City got pressure. The Bills couldn't. The Bills have adjusted their defense. They're getting pressure now with four guys, which is the only way you can beat Mahomes. I think that is very well said. The question is, who have they been, who has the Bills been getting pressure against? Right, so that's the question, and I agree with you 100%. The Bills, if they can get pressure on Mahomes, and they've made a lot of decisions in their personnel to do that, changes the game. If they can't, it will be a shootout. Some sharp people I know like the over. It's a high number, but they like the over. If you miss any of today's show, check out the podcast at foxsportsradio.com. We are straight out of Vegas. We'll be back tomorrow, 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 o'clock Vegas time, right here on Fox Sports Radio. Straight out of Vegas! Vegas!